What a great word, man. What a great I almost like just like, let him go. Let him preach. Come on now. Praise the Lord. All right. So um, we are in week four of our message uh, on Echad. And he mentioned that, you know, this word Echad means one. But it's more than just one. It means to move together as one. And so we've been talking about, as we're making some huge transitions within our community, um, we felt like it was really important that we do some, some house cleaning. We, we talked about some things that we're not going to tolerate. Now, we didn't just talk about all the bad stuff like we don't do this, we don't do that. I think sometimes in the communities we do that a lot, don't we? Just, we you, you, know, you know what the body massage is all not for, right? And so we talked about what we're going to be about, and that's what really is going to kick off this next little segment of, uh, of this week four of this message on Akkad. We're going to talk about, understanding, let me just start like this, understanding where we are as a church and where we're going is really the, the whole focal point of the church. If you've been here for any amount of time, you look around, there are a lot of new people, and um, the Lord is doing just an amazing work. Uh, Pastor Dustin and myself came to a conclusion, I don't know, man, probably a year ago, that unless the Lord buildeth the house, it's labor's labor in vain. And, and so I made some huge uh, changes and turns in my own life. Um, and now it's, we've been following, Robbie and I have been following Torah now for a couple of years, but just making some decisions on the direction that we're going to go with our, with our community and as a senior pastor. And, and this isn't easy, okay? I mean, uh, sometimes we think, you know, you can come into a church and go, oh, this is really easy to do, and we're going to, and it's really not. Um, and especially when we're coming against culture and we're going against what the norm is. I've had senior pastors of other churches say, Pastor Mike, you can never build a church based on the Torah. <laughs> I hope they see our video. Praise God. <laughs> but, I mean, we think so much like the world that we, we, we remove some of the things that God says, man, you need to do this. And so this is one of them that we're going to be talking about today. And I, I want to talk about probably one of the most controversial subjects within Christianity. I really, it's a really controversial subject because so, there's so much teaching on There's so much belief system all across the board. Um, and today, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably not going to do it justice. Um, as I was studying and praying and meditating on this, uh, this topic, um, man, I'm going to tell you, man, there's no way, there's no way that I can teach, I don't think anybody in this room could teach it in just one session, in one Sunday service or Sabbath. Uh, and that is we're going to talk about the Sabbath. And the question that I'm going to try to answer over the next several weeks, uh, at least three, uh, hopefully no more than that, um, we'll see, right? And that is why Sabbath? Why should you, why should I, why should we honor the Sabbath? Why is it such a big deal? And until you really get into Scripture and you come to a place of agreement and you come to a place in your life where you understand the importance of what's really being taught, what's really being said, then when you think of the Sabbath, you will always revert back to what you've been taught. And primarily I'm talking to those who are raised Baptist, maybe you're raised Methodist, maybe you're raised Presbyterian, Pentecostal, whatever. You will, you'll have a tendency to go back to what you know because when, when we get into a place of the unknown, we like to be safe. We like to go back to a place that's safe, that, that feels okay, that I understand. And when we're confronted with something that we don't understand, there's a little thing that the enemy likes to use called fear. And you cause that fear, and that fear is always causing you to go back to where it's comfortable. It's kind of like bungee jumping. Any bungee jumping, jumpers in here? Have you ever you bungee jumped? Okay, so I'm not a bungee jumper, but I was in the military, okay? And so there's always that point of where you get to, like you have to do something that you've never done before. Maybe it's jump off 
the cliff and trust that little bungee cord that you're hanging on, the little rubber band that you have, right? So I think anybody in their rightful mind would not do that, okay? I think you're a little out there. But you're going to get to that place, right? And what are you going to do? You don't just go, oh, now unless you've done it several times, airborne rangers, right? Some airborne guys in here, right? When you get to that, that first jump, that first jump, man, they're yelling and they're screaming at you. You know why they yell and scream at you on that C-130 or that C-5? You know why they do that? Because they know in your brain you're thinking, I'm not going. And they know if they can scare you big enough with them and they're yelling at you, you'll jump, right? That's the way the, the faith of our, that's the way Christianity, that's the way it is to be a Torah observant, especially for the first time. Because you're going to be confronted with things that you're going to have to make a decision about. You're going to have to decide, if, if, if this is true, am I going to follow it? Am I going to, I know it's a bad word in church, obey it. Because this is the term we're dealing with when we come with Sabbath. 99% of the people who first hear of Sabbath, they instantly thank Jew or Jewish, Hebrew. I know I did. Well, I'm not Jewish. Now, I want to, I want to, to get to the place we need to go. We've got to establish some truths here. We've got to establish something. And this man, I love this because you couldn't have been here for a better message than what the Lord has given to us today. So before we go into too deep of our main subject of what Sabbath is and how we have to obey Sabbath, I believe that there's something deeper that we need to do. Because as I was preparing this, I soon realized that there's no way I'm going to be able to do justice to this day called the Sabbath. And not only do justice to it, but help us to understand why we should be honoring the Sabbath. If you've been under a rock of, from Epic Life Church or online, we're making a huge transition on, really the official date is January, somebody tell me the day here, 7th. Is that correct? January 7th. January 7th, thank you. Um, officially, though, we're actually making the, the move on December 24th, which uh, I believe Pastor Dustin already alluded to, which is Hanukkah. And we want you to come and be a part of that 10.30 a.m. All right? 10, what time? 10.30 a.m., that's right. Not 10.30 at night, no one will be here, Okay. But 10.30 a.m., we're going to kick off our, our Hanukkah service. And really from that point on, because we only have one weekend left after that, we're going to do a really cool uh, night of worship. It's called Saturate. We're just going to come into God's presence. We're going to love on Him. We're going to worship Him. We're going to end the year without alcohol. Amen. Thank you for you four people. All right, praise God. Some of y'all are like, what? <laughs> without the parties, without the craziness. And we're going to come in, and we're just going to commit the next year, 2023, over to Messiah. And so in the, 20, or the 7th of January, officially, we will no longer meet ever on Sunday. And I say that ever as if, like the regular, I mean, if the Lord, we have something going on special, we may do Sundays, but for the most, this is, we're going, to, we're going to Sabbath. This was not given to us, we're not making this decision very lightly. A lot of fasting, a lot of prayer has gone into this decision. Because when you do this, it changes. Listen to me. It changes your identity. I'm going to show that here a little bit later. But one of the greatest questions I get is when regards to the Sabbath is if it's commanded, it's the fourth commandment, if you didn't know that, of ten. Okay? But here's what's crazy about it. I've said this before from this podium, is that no one has a problem within the body of Christ. And I'm going to talk to Christians and Torah observers. I'm going to talk to everybody. But no one has a problem with me standing up here saying, you should not murder someone. No problem. Everybody's like, amen, amen, don't kill, don't kill, right? 
No problems with talking about, you know, don't put any other gods before the Father. That He needs to be number one in our life. No problems when we talk about stuff like that. We can talk about lying like it's not good. No one likes to be lied to that's in here today. Nobody. And like, like, especially if you're a Christian and the world knows you're a Christian and you're a liar, they'll call you out on it, won't they? You're not supposed to be lying. What are you lying for? But go back to that same job and tell them, I have to have Friday night through Saturday evening off. It's Sabbath. What's the first thing they're going to say? What are you, Jewish? I can't do that. You, 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 you have to come and work. You have to do this. Isn't it interesting how we, loot, we take the fourth commandment and we lighten the load of it that, oh, well, that's okay to break, but yet it's still a commandment given to us by the Father. It has as much weight as murder, as lying, as adultery, as any of the other ten the commandments. This commandment has the same amount of weight. And would you, would you be surprised if I told you that all ten commandments, one of them is more, you kind of have to figure, uh, kind of trail it out, but all of them, all ten, listen to me this morning, has a death sentence. Every one of them have a death sentence. The question is, why aren't we following the Sabbath? Why is it such a big deal? Now, this is what I want to hone in on for a little bit. I want to talk about just the subject matter of obedience or why we should obey the Sabbath. Why is it a big deal? When it comes to God's commandment and sin, which we know from 1 John, that sin means to break the law or violate God's law, His Torah. We know that. It's scripture defines what sin is for us. We don't have to try to paint a picture of what it is or explain. The scriptures tell us what sin is. And sin is a violation. It's a breaking of God's Torah, of his law. Yeah, but Jesus came and he, he became the Sabbath. No, he did not become the Sabbath. Scripture doesn't teach that. It says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, which means, by the way, that he kind of has the say-so over it. He created it. And he didn't create it just for himself. He created it for you and for me. We, have, uh, we live in a society today that is like just run down, stressed out, anxiety, suicide, all these numbers, uh, statistically, I can give them to you, are, are, are rise. And God knows, man, we need a Sabbath. We need a time where we stop and we connect with him and that he becomes Lord of our life. Sabbath was one of those ways. But when we talk about sin breaking of the law, there are really two types there are two categories, if you may, of sin. And this is what I want to focus in on for the remainder of our time. The first one is a sin of commission. A sin of commission. What is a sin of commission? Well, a sin of commission, uh, there are uh, sins that these people that are breaking the commandments, but they're breaking commandments unintentionally. They don't know that it's a sin. And, you know, I used to tell my sons, and I've told young believers, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know that it's a sin to violate God's commands, then you're, it's not a free ticket. I'm going to show you scripturally. It's not a free ticket out, right? But there is, there is a blessing in ignorance. There is blessing when you're ignorant towards these things, right? Now, hang on. Some of y'all that have been doing this a lot longer, don't, don't check me off yet. They're like, oh, what is he talking about here? Most of those who do that, 
it's a, it's a reaction of the flesh when they break that sin, or they simply just did not know this was a commandment. And so in the body of Messiah today, or in, and, I, and I mean the big church, there are many, many, many Christians that fall into this category. They simply don't know. But what do I mean by that? Well, maybe their daddy was a pastor, and their granddaddy was a pastor, and their great-great-daddy was a pastor, and their great-great-great-great-granddaddy was a pastor. And all their life, right, they were taught, Man, Sabbath is Sunday. Sunday, that's the Lord's day, and that's the day we're going to worship him. That's the Lord's day, right? By the way, that term, the Lord's day, where we get this commandment, is only mentioned once in Scripture. On the Lord's day, Paul teaching. That's a whole other message. We won't go there today. And so we, we get raised up because someone in cemetery school taught this pastor that this was that, and they don't do their own research, they don't study Scripture, and they see the Bible, they see it in Scripture, and it's always in the back of their mind going, wait a minute, why, what, what's the deal with this? And they go to their preacher, their pastor, and say, what about, well, Jesus changed that when he came. Never once stopping for a second go, where's that at in the Bible? Can I see where that is in Scripture? And we don't see it. So we have the sins of commission. They simply don't know. It's an ignorant person. They don't, we, we, you know, when I grew up, ignorant was bad. Ignorance not bad. Ignorant simply means you don't have a knowledge of something. And there are many sins that we commit, unfortunately, that are of the sins of commission. You just simply didn't know that was a sin. But there's another category. As a matter of fact, let me look at it like this. So uh, sin of commission would be like, like how many of y'all, well, I ain't going to ask that question. I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't want you to have a repent of lying today. So let's say, for instance, you're going to, let's make up a road somewhere in San Diego. I know we got some San Diego folks here, right? And you're going to go into California, and you get pulled over for speeding. I think it's I-5 or I-10 that runs up through there. Is that correct? Am I close? I-5. And so you go through I-5, and you're running 95 miles an hour because the highway you came in before you entered into California, which is what, New Mexico or Arizona, you're running, you're, 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 it's got a 90-mile-an-hour speed limit. Now, I don't know if that's true, so don't quote me on that, all right? And you're running. You're just running 90. You get into California. You cross the border. You get pulled over because the speed limit is 75. Police officer comes up, knocks on your window, says, got a license registration, right? You give you, what, what's the problem, officer? Well, you're speeding. Oh, no, I wasn't. I was, I was doing 90 because the speed limit back here was 90. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. When you, when, you, when you move through county or the state, the speed limit changed. See, that's a sin of commission, right? You weren't really looking to break the law, but you broke the law. And now you may or may not get a speeding ticket. But the other category is a sin of omission. It's a sin of omission. It is the breaking of a commandment intentionally. This is a whole other category. Knowing God said not to do it. It's literal defiance. It's, you know the Bible says not to do this, and you look at God, and you're just going to go, forget you. I don't know that. I've heard people here say, well, I know the Bible says that, but fill in the blank. These are sins of omission. Now, take the same scenario, and I'm going to bring another scenario in case. Let's say the same thing. You're driving down in Texas, and you're driving down a little county road, and I'm using this example because it happens in front of my house all the time. And how many of y'all know what the actual speed limit is on a county road unmarked in the state of Texas? Anybody know? 35. It's 35. That's correct. 35 or 40, but I think 35 is correct. 
So we got people driving down these roads at 40, or I mean, I'm 60 or 70 mile an hour, just zipping by my house. Boom, boom, boom. And you know, if, if you're old like me, Robin says I'm old because I stand up there and yell at the cars. I do. Just, it's my thing, okay? It's my entertainment. It's my thing. Leave me alone, all right? Slow down! You know, I'm like, but I'm like, you know they can't hear you. There's always hope, right? So be that person. You're on the road. Now you physically see the speed limit that says 40 mile an hour. And you go, we'll see about that, right? I just got this fast car, right? And you slam it, right? You're, Whoa! You're literally doing that. That's exactly what it happens when we look at God's commands and we see his word. And he'll, we basically, we don't say it out loud, but we'll say, well, I'll show you. I'll show you. Defiance. It's the same as your child. I know y'all have good children. I praise the Lord for your good children. We shall pray for you, whoever that was. We will be praying for you. And I know never, none of you have ever had this situation where little Johnny, little Susie, man, their room is atrocious, it's messed up, it's tore up, and you look at little Johnny, little Susie, and say, go clean your room. And they look at you, and they bowled up, right? And they're mad. No! Now, I know the kids that are here have never done that. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> That would change so many things in our world today. <coughs> but that's that defiance. They know they need to clean the room. They know, you know what the speed limit is, but just because you got a fast car and you're going to show everybody just how awesome your car is. Let's take a look at what the scripture says. Numbers chapter 15. Look at here. The Kohen, the priest, is to make atonement before Adonai for that person, watch, who erred by sinning, What? without intent. Isn't it beautiful that the sins of the ones who have not, who didn't know, what's it say? It's been atoned for. Has our sins been atoned for? Amen, amen. But watch. And he is to be forgiven when atonement has been made of him. So all of our ignorance of sinning, not knowing that we were breaking God's law, it has been done, it's atoned for, we're good. But wait a minute. Let's not stop. Right? Because here's the thing. Go back, please. Here's the thing. Many, many, many believers, they stop right there. Well, see, my sins are atoned for. So if I sin, I'm good, right? No, 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 no. This is when you didn't have a knowledge. This is when you didn't know. You're excused, right? Raising kids again, right? How many times do we have to discipline our children, but we forgave them or we we're merciful or we we're gracious to them because they did something that probably they didn't know. One of the examples that I love to use within child raising is when another child hits another child, usually when they're very, very young because they're learning, right? And you got to teach them like, wait, 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 we don't do that. We don't hit. Yeah, but he, we don't hit each other though. You come tell mama, you come tell daddy and we'll deal with it, right? That, that's different. But then when that child goes off and hits that child again, now we are, we're on a whole nother level, aren't we? We're on a whole nother plane. Now we've got to have a different conversation, right? And it's usually by the warming of their backside. Something about that man changes behavior. Now, this is not a child parenting message. Praise the Lord, okay? But we've got to understand the Scriptures. He doesn't stop there. He goes on. Whether a native born of Israel or an outsider living among you, one Torah applies to you for the one sinning unintentionally. Not different laws. One Torah. Amen? But! Everybody say but. I love this. This is probably the biggest button scripture right here. you got to read, get this in your spirit this morning. But the person who sins defiantly, whether native or outside, 
reviles Adonai, and that person is to be cut off from his people. Feel the weight of this, church. Feel the weight of what, what's being spoken here, right? Because he has despised the word of Adonai. He knows the word, but yet he looks at it in defiance and says, nope, not me, that's not for me. And has broken his commandments. That person will certainly be cut off. His guilt will remain on him. In other words, and we'll look at another scripture here later on, in other words, the atonement didn't work for him. Wait, you, are you telling us, can we lose our salvation? You need to go study your Bible. All right? This once saved, always saved. And this may upset you, man, but there are so many scriptures within the Bible that tells us that our salvation can be lost. Not because God doesn't love us, and not because God's not full of grace and mercy, but because our intentionality, our defiance against him. We cannot think for a moment, man, that we can continue to defy God and not feel that we reap what we sow, right? Seed time and harvest, right? So these sins of omission are tough. We see it in there. So here we see, let me turn my page, computers. I want you to feel the weight of, they're to be cut off from being defiant. When you're defiant, this is the weight of it. But what's the difference between the two? I think that's a question I like to ask. I love that. What's the question between the two? Can I, can I be honest with you? What I think, I'm going to kind of look into the scriptures for a moment. You know what the difference is? Heart condition. It's a heart condition. See, when we become so in love with the Father and understand the gift and what he has done for us, the willingness inside us is to live a life that pleases him. But a life that has truly not been surrendered, still wants to be in control, still wants to do the things that it wants to do, you become defiant. Especially when we start talking about things that are uncomfortable that we don't agree with. Because maybe, again, we've been raised up outside and we think, well, I was taught this all my life, so that's got to be true. Even though the truth does not align up to the truth, Scripture. We have to make this very important. See, this is a huge scenario. This is a huge deal. God sets the same precedence today in the New Testament. It's still there. It still exists. James 4.17, therefore, whoever knows the right thing to do, and actually the word's missing there, doesn't, for him it is what? Sin. What is the good thing? A lot of times when you read scripture and you begin to interpret Torah, when you see this word good things or something, it's referring to commandments. It's referring to God. The sins of omission are the sins that we want to deal with this morning. That they knew, see, these people know the right thing to do, but yet they choose not to do it because it'll change their, maybe their status around their friends. Maybe they're uncomfortable with it. Maybe they don't understand it. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 says, Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each, let him walk in this way. Now, this is talking about Paul. Remember, it's a referencing about Paul, about how you came in, whether you came in circumcised or whether you came in uncircumcised, right? That you don't have to become circumcised if you're uncircumcised to be, to be saved, right? He's, he's, he's dealing with that issue. And God has called each, let him walk in this way. In other words, if you were brought in as a slave, still be a slave, but live for the Lord. If you were brought in free, be free, but live for the Lord. This is what he's referring to. I give this rule, watch this, in all of Messiah's community. Does that include you? Are you part of his community? Verse 18. Was anyone called when he already had been circumcised? Let him not be himself circumcised. Has anyone been called while uncircumcised? Circumcision is nothing. 
An uncircumcision of nothing. But what's important? What's Paul saying? Keeping God's commandment matters. All through Scripture, I can, we can, and we're going to walk through some of this, so you have an understanding of how vital it is for you to walk in God's commandments. And I'm going to show you the results of why some things are happening maybe in your home that you don't understand why they are happening. God's commandments is what matters. And obedience to these commandments is what matters. Keeping his commandments. This is the New Testament. When many say, we don't have to follow the commandments anymore because of Yeshua, that's a very dangerous place to put yourself. It's a very dangerous doctrine to allow yourself to walk in. And I say that because, especially for those who are here or online that are in the sound of our voice, listen, the, 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 uh, the excuse of us not having to do that is, is weaning. It's going away. You are now accountable. It matters. Very dangerous ground. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want to go into this. This is probably where I'm going to hang out for a little bit. I want, to, I want you to see something. Like I want you to understand that your heavenly father absolutely loves his people. And, and, and I, know, I know this can be a misgruited. It's interesting that a lot of churches don't want to. They love this passage of scripture I'm about to read you. But they don't want to do what's required to receive what this passage talks about. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. Matter of fact, I wouldn't challenge you, if you've not spent time in Deuteronomy 28, that you should. Dad, you should read this to your family. This is about identity this morning. Now, if you listen obedient to the voice of Adonai, your God, taking care to do all his mitzvot. That's the word commandment. Then I'm commanding you today, Adonai, your God, will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Do you understand what that means? How many of y'all are pretty fast? Okay, we know we got a stub toe, so that's not going to work, right? So stub toe ain't going to work. How many of y'all feel like you're, how many of y'all track star, track people? You track? You understand no matter how fast you're, you can be in a car, driving as fast as that little car will go. The promise of God remains. He says it will overtake you. Try to outrun God's promises when you're walking in obedience to his word. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It says he'll overtake you if, if you listen to the voice of Adonai, your God. The word listen or obedience, this is about obedience. I mean, I'm hearing, it's Shema. I'm listening with the intent to obey. Powerful verse. And some of you, I'm going to be honest, you're not living that life. Matter of fact, if you walked into your home today, it is a home of chaos. It's a home of bickering and arguing and fighting and sickness all the time. Why are my kids always sick? Why are we always late for work? Why do we always fight? Why are all these things happening? God is sending a precedent. We talked about this last week. That there are laws in motion that God has created. And I'm about to share something with you. We think that God's up there ready to curse you and ready to get on you. No, 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 no. You're missing it. God has already established these things. And by the choice and the decision that we make as followers of Mashiach, those decisions are so important. Why are they important? Because it decides what law you're going to live in. We talked about gravity, right? You can, you can pray against gravity all day long. You can lie, like, I hate gravity. You can hate it all day long. I don't agree with gravity. You can disagree with gravity all day long. But if you get up on the top of the Empire State Building and you jump off, you're going to have a wonderful account encounter with gravity. And I don't care how good of a prayer warrior you are or what scripture you can quote, you're going to end up on the asphalt. Why? 
a physical law that's been in place, that God has put into place. Now, unless you have a rocket jet pack on you or some wings that pop out or, you know, whatever the, the superhero thing that we were talking about earlier, right, that you can catch on and, and use, you're in trouble. But do you understand that there's spiritual laws in place as well? Those spiritual laws are already there. When do they exist? When God spoke it. God spoke it. God's not up there waiting for you. Okay, mess up, dude. I'm going to pound on you. It's not like that at all. God's desire is for you to walk in his blessing and be the man or woman that you're called to be. God's desire is for you to have the family that he calls for you to be. God's desire is for your children to walk in obedience. But you get to make the decision. See, Sabbath is bigger than just a day that we take off and make a rest. It is a command that we've got to look at and evaluate and make a very, very conscious decision. Am I going to obey it? Am I going to follow it? Am I going to honor the Father? If I have a love for Father and He says, this is my command, I'm going to do it. But watch, right? All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you, set to the, if you listen to the Now, here's what's really cool, right? He says, do you want to, ble you want to be blessed by Adonai? Does anybody in here not want God's blessing? You can go ahead and raise your hand right now. We'll pray for you. It's cool. No? No, but it's amazing you would say that. But if you read the rest of the text, there's about 12 verses 12 different blessings that will come over you and your family and your life. Now, I didn't write all them all down. I want you to go home and read this. But just a couple. Blessed will you be when you're in the city. All right, city folks. Amen. All right. No, no amen, city folks. Okay, that's cool. Or blessed will you be in the country. Ooh, amen. Right, I'm, we got a lot of country folk in here. Praise God. Right? Blessed will be your womb. Get this. Blessed will you be when you come in, and blessed will you be when you go out. It goes on to talk about, you'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. You want favor at work? It starts with obedience to the Father's commands. Some of you men have been praying for a job, and you want this job, you want, that, you want to get that raise, right? You'll be like, oh, God, I could really use a raise. And God's like, I would love to bless you, but I can't, because you've set yourself outside of this blessing. I'm going to show you in a minute. He sets the standard right here. If you listen to the voice of Adonai God, who are you listening to? I love this because if you go, if you go into Deuteronomy chapter 30, a couple chapters over, listen what God does. Look at what he does. It's beautiful. I see. He says, see. In other words, look, behold. He's like, wake up, everybody. I'm going to set something before you. I've set before you today. You ready? Life and good or blessing or cursing, depending on which translation of the Bible you're reading. Look at what he says. I'm setting it before you. He's already established it. It's there. I'm setting this before you. Life and death, or life and good, death and evil. He sets it before you guys. And here's the beautiful thing about the Father, is he never, he, he will not, he, he, he never takes away your freedom of choice. Even if that freedom of choice will do what? Lead you away. Man, this is powerful. Where am I at? I have no idea. It's okay. In the book, do I have that definition next? Is that definition coming up next? No? All right, we'll run, we'll run here. At verse, we'll look at verse 16 real quick. Oh, I've got to turn the page, maybe. Let's go back. Did I pass that verse on the definition of life? I haven't even got there to it yet, have I? They're like, thank you. That's why I keep Courtney up front. She's very good at keeping me on track. See, I said before you today, life and death, good and evil, 
For what I'm commanding you today is to love Adonai your God and walk in his ways and to keep his, his commandments, his statutes and his ordinances. Then you will live and multiply. Notice he's already done this. And Adonai your God will what? Bless you in the land you're going in to possess. I have said this before. I want to say it again today. This is very, very important. Put your spiritual ears on. God cannot bless disobedience. He can't. And no matter how hard you pray, oh God, take this away. Oh God, stop doing that. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. You can, oh God, all day long, but he cannot. Why? It's not because we've tied his hands. Because he said, look, this is, this is what I'm setting in motion. This is what I've set down before you. Choose life that you might live. The decision that he leaves to us is us. So in the dictionary of biblical languages um, and domains in the Hebrew, this word life, go ahead and bring the life up. Life means to have a prosperous, bountiful, blessed, favorable circumstance in life contrasted with the cursed, unfavorable life. This is actually what he means in the Hebrew, that you have a decent life, that you have a profitable life. I talk to so many people, man, and, and one of the things that I talk to them about is like, especially when they come into council and they're, they're struggling, like they're sickness in their home all the time. Always sick, always sick, always sick. Why is this family always sick? Why is, it, why is there always somebody sick? The first thing I would ask them when we counsel is, and when I go to pray over someone, you know the first thing I ask them to do? Do you need to repent of anything? Because the way we get outside of this, this blessed life that God has, this is the real blessed life. Not blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. That's not it. It's walking in obedience to the Father's mitzvot, His commandments. There's huge blessing in there. And if you are wrestling with sickness in your home constantly, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to challenge you, man. You need to, you need to clean house. Why? Well, look at verse 15. Back to Deuteronomy 28. Look at what it says. But if you will not listen to the voice, if you will not shema. To take care and to do his commandments and statutes that I'm commanding you today. All, say all. Man, this is heavy. He says, all of these curses will come on you and overtake you. Remember we talked about, we love the blessings overtaking us, don't we? Man, I, I want to outrun them, right? But it says that the curse will overtake you as well. It's based on the decision and your choice of what you're going to do. Who are you going to follow? Why are you going to follow it? And who are you going to obey? Powerful scripture. Cursed will you be in the city. Cursed will you be in the field. Cursed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. That's provision right there, by the way. I know we can kind of get real Hebrew with Ryan Gillow. What does that mean? It's your provision. It's your food. Cursed will be the fruit of your womb, the produce of your soil, the increase of your herd, and the young of your livestock. Everything basically you set your hand to will die. That's what he's telling us. He said, man, there's life and there's death. There's a blessing and there's a curse. You get to make the decision. I've laid it before you. I've given it to you. Now, here's the answer. Little John and little Susie again, right? If you'll take out the trash, this is what's gonna get, what you get. You get $20 if you take out the trash. Okay, maybe a little too, too much. That too, it's been a while since. Praise the Lord. $5, right? You get $5. That better $5, right? But do you give that to them just because they come up and they love on you like, oh, daddy, mommy, you're so good. Oh, can I have my $5? No, did you take out the trash? Did you do what you were told? Well, no. Well, then you can't have that. 
Isn't it amazing how we put a standard on God that we don't even put on a standard on our own children? God cannot bless unfaithfulness. God cannot bless disobedience. See, the day of the Sabbath is more than just a commandment. Is that when we decide, and we have this mentality that's in our spirit, listen to me. See, every person in the sound of my voice online today, you have no excuse. You shall honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's not a decision you get to decide, well, I'm going to agree or I'm going to disagree. You don't get that. You don't get that. Because when you do, what is happening is you're missing out on something that God wants to do in your family. And maybe for many of you, it's breaking generational curses that have been over your family. Because maybe, just maybe, the Lord came into your family once before. Maybe before you were ever born. Maybe it was your grand, grandfather or great-grandfather and gave this instruction to them. And they, they did, what did they do? I don't need that. We become defiant towards the things that God, and God says, I can't bless that. The body of Messiah looks different because it's blessed. And why is it blessed? Because we choose to walk in obedience to all of his commands. Now, yes, and I don't have time to talk about it. There are commands that we, we literally don't have to follow anymore, right? Or we don't because it's either the wrong season or the wrong time. But these commandments we know. These commandments we know that we're to follow and we're to walk in obedience to them. I have no idea where I'm at, brother. Very good. First, first Samuel. We see this great example. It's a wonderful example in Scripture. First Samuel chapter 15. If you all know this story, it's, a, it's the story of Saul. King Saul. And, and, and Saul was being obedient. He was doing everything right. God said, man, I'm going to bless you. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go into this other city over here, a city called the Amalekites. These were some bad dudes, right? They had done some bad stuff to the nation of Israel. And God says, I'm going to smoke them. Yes, God smoked people. Like, and if you read the scripture, we're going to read it in a minute. Everybody, like the little children and the sheep. Why sheep? If I have sheep. They're beautiful. Okay, they're cute. I mean, why is the sheep? But everything. Now watch this story unfold. Thus, Adonai to vote. I remember what Amalek did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike down Amalek. He's the leader of the Amalekites and put all he has under the ban of destruction. So have no pity on him, but kill both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and sheep, camels and donkeys. This is real. This is real stuff. Like God would do that? If you understand disobedience, yes. If you understand what that will do, in the kingdom of God. If you understand, man, what paganism does, if you understand what legal, all this stuff that, that, is go, that God looks at and goes, man, that's, a, that's defiling me. And to prevent that from happening to Israel, he came in and he came in hardcore. I want you to see this. God, not an appointed, he, he not only appointed him as king, but then he gives him some specific instructions. And we have a specific instructions in our own life as believers, as followers. Not because God hates us and he's trying to put us in bondage, because God wants us to live out the life that we were created to live. That means that there has to be boundaries. Amen? There has to be things around us that sometimes we don't understand. We see things like John 14, 15, some instructions. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We see it in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. But he said, rather blessed are those who hear my word and obey it. We see it in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Now we know that we have come to know him by this, if we keep his commandments. 
Oh, let's not. Uh, well, Pastor Mike, I understand all that. You know, that's, that's all. You know, Jesus fulfilled all that. This is the New Testament. And if that's not enough, let's look at Revelation. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. You need to grab this. You need to feel this one. Here is the perseverance of the Kedoshim. Kedoshim are the holy ones. They're you. The called out ones. Watch. Those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. See, this is not about getting saved by obedience to the commandments. You don't get saved by obedience to the commandments. We are saved by grace through faith. Messiah Yeshua. Believing in Him and looking at He paid the penalty for our sin. Amen? But we don't go to that and go, Oh my goodness, I'm sinned, I've sinned, I've sinned, right? I'm an adulterer. I'm a liar. I'm a coveter. I'm a murderer. God, please forgive me. Take the penalty. Jesus did. Boom. Done. Whew, glad that's over with. Now I'm going to go commit adultery again. I'm good. No, 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 no. no. It's not how it works, church. We want God to bless us. We want to walk in God's favor. And Revelation says, man, we don't just, we remember his commandments and we remember Yeshua. Hallelujah. This is New Testament. I'm going to move on. I know I'm, we need to wrap this up. Praise the Lord. So we see back to the story of Samuel. Samuel says, what happens? Does Ananias delight in burnt offerings? This is Samuel is the prophet. Saul's supposed to go out there and take care of business. Guess what he does? Well, I understand God. I understand all that. We're going to take care of it. I'm going to do it just like he said. But what happens? Watch what happens. He thinks he did something good, Saul does. But he says, does Adonai delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of Adonai? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay heed is better than the fat of rams. He's talking about the sacrifices again. I need you to feel the weight of this passage right here. This is what's being told to Samuel. Or, I'm sorry, Saul. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. Remember that defiance we talked about, that sin of omission, where we just like, mm, we put our thumb up at God and like, God, you don't know what you're talking about. It says here that sin is as divination. If you look at this word divination, it is the, is the term witchcraft. When we rebel against the things of God and we know these things are wrong and we know that the Lord in His love and His mercy has showed us what the truth is and we look at Him and go, not for me. I'm going to do whatever I want. The Bible says that's a sin of witchcraft, divination, and idolatry. Since you have rejected Adonai's word, watch what happens. Does this sound familiar? Didn't we just read this? He has rejected you as king. We cannot think for a moment... Brothers and sisters, listen to me for a minute. Listen. There's nowhere in Scripture that God says it's okay, man, to come to the cross, lay down your sin, lay down your life for Him, and then continue to live the life that you're going to say, I'm going to do what I want. It doesn't work that way. We're king's children. We should represent the kingdom. We're ambassadors. We should represent the country of which we are now from, which is the country of the kingdom of God. Our lives should reflect that, not the opposite. We were talking about this last week, if you remember. Oh, I'm going to say this. Let me go back. Yeah, go to that next verse. This is powerful. Then Saul, watch what happens. Oh, my father right now, in Jesus' name. Then Saul said to Samuel, watch what happens to Saul. Watch what he does. I have sinned, for I have transgressed against the word of Adonai and your words, because I feared the people and listened to their voice. Now, don't move on yet. Hold that right there, Sam. How many times have we done this? We fear man, we fear people, so we don't make the decision that leads to righteousness. 
because we're more concerned about what everybody else is thinking around us, man. Get this. This is a great lesson for all of us, right? Watch what Paul, Saul does. So now, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship Adonai. Anybody want to guess what happened? Anybody want to guess what happened? He didn't get the forgiveness, did he? He's admitting. He's, he's admitted, okay, I repented though, God. I, I said, I'm sorry. I said, please forgive me. I mean, he's merciful. He's full of mercy and grace. Surely he'll let me do this. He'll let me slide on this because he knows, man, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to repent later. There was no sacrifice. See, we have a sacrifice, and it is Yeshua, and he paid for our sin, our lawlessness, to repair the damage that separates us from Yahweh. And when we, as his followers, look at his commandments after knowing what Yeshua has done, it's like telling God off. We look at these commandments and we're like, that's not for us, that's for the Jewish people. Can I tell you, welcome to the Jewish family. You're welcome. Another message. God's commandments are a way that we declare our love to Him. It separates us, Kodesh, from the world. Don't murder. Why? Because you're created in His image. He cries out with these ten commandments. And He says, don't murder each other. You're made in my image. Don't worship anything. Why? Because I'm jealous for you. If you love me, honor me in this day. Make this day special. Make this day make something. Make it mean something. Yeah, but God, I don't agree. I don't care if you don't agree with it. Because for the foundation of this world, I made this day holy. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a scripture. I'm going to tell you this. I love each and every one of you. I want you to hear this. I want you to feel the weight of this next passage. Most of you probably know this passage. Hebrews 10. 26. For if we keep on sinning willfully, remember sinning is what? Come on guys. It's the breaking of the law. For if we keep on sinning willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice. Please get this. Please understand this. He's telling you that Yeshua means nothing to you. That what he did on the cross, when we know his commandments and we say, nope, not for me. I need the grace of forgiveness. I need that redemption. I need that, I need that, I need that redeeming, right? I need him to die on the cross for me, but don't ask me to do this. Then he says, and that which was done on the cross has no value to you. This is serious stuff, man. This is eternal stuff. This is, I know it's weighty. It's a heavy message today, yeah? It's heavy. Why? Because we have been called out from there. And your life should look different. It will be a sacrifice. It will mean that you'll lose friends and you'll lose company and you'll have to turn off the television and maybe get off Facebook for a moment, right? It means that you'll have to give up certain things. That's right. But what, what's the gain? What did Paul say? Whatever things were lost, I count as gained. Whew. What else do I got up there? Yeah, we're going to... That's, that's my stopping place. Is that my stopping place? It is. They're like, yeah, I think we passed that. Did we pass my stopping place? We didn't? That's it? 
Praise God. That's perfect, too. That's perfect. I know this is heavy. I need everybody standing. If you go ahead and worship team, come. Here's what we're going to do something a little bit different today. We've done it before, but here's what I want to do, right? During this time, man, it's a time for us to reconnect with our Heavenly Father. Listen, I want you just to find a place to worship. If you want to worship seated, if you want to walk around over here and worship, here's what I need you to do. The Bible says for us to search out our heart. Search it. And I want to ask this question, what does the Sabbath mean to you? How have you honored or dishonored the Sabbath? Maybe it's not even the Sabbath. Maybe you're here today, man, the Lord was unpacking some stuff in you, and he was just showing you some stuff that you've got to deal with. Because maybe you thought, hey, it's okay. God loves me. I can do whatever I want. During this time of worship, we're just going to just take a few minutes. And, man, the platform's open. If you want to come up here and just worship and, and maybe lay some stuff down. Right? Maybe, maybe you've got some trash in your life that you need to lay. Maybe you've got some bad and false ideologies that you've been believing that are false. Can I tell you something? We've got a great, a really cool vacuum cleaner. And Robin, when she comes in here, she vacuums the whole carpet, man. And she'll take all of that garbage and she'll throw it in the trash when you're done. You can leave it right here. Maybe it's in your chair right where you're at. But here's what I want this church, this body to do is to pray. And ask the Father, Lord, if there's anything in me, create in me a clean heart. Cast me not away from thy presence, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation. If I need to repent of anything, Father, I lay this at your feet right now and I repent. I turn away from my way, the sins of commission and the sins of omission. I repent today. Let's take that time as a body. Let's repent as a church. That's family. All of us in here have struggled. But don't take it home with you. Amen? Let's go ahead and worship.